Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones, and this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. I don't know why. You're a calling guest today. Episode. You're a calling huh? guest. You're not an actual uh, uh, co-host. You're you're a calling guest. I no. I'm really upset about that. My internet's been bugging out, and uh, I've I've been on the phone with my cable company. I've, I've talked to Apple support. I've gone and taken my router back. Man, I am trying everything. So. Yeah, but you live by yeah. the beach, so, you know. I And I know I was not going to say, I mean, there's no ghost in the machine or anything, but uh, we have been, I told Peter I'm going to talk about it, but we've been having, like, supernatural activity kicking off around the house, although I'm sure this is just a uh, technical fault of electronic equipment. But uh, but it has been getting nuts. Everything's kind of coming down. Plus, you know, people are... Uh, People are dying and stuff, so but we we can't talk about that. There's things we can't talk about today. <laughs> Plus, it's like you went from, uh, but I'm sure there's not a ghost in the machine. But you know, people have been dying. <laughs> what? Well, I just I just figure it's kind of like all the stuff that during the week I'm like, no, you can't talk about that. And you're like, can I talk about this? No, you shouldn't say that. <laughs> that was fun. and so that was I, so I I, I I texted you and I'm like. You want to tell me not to bring this up, but you're afraid that if you say don't bring it up, it's going to be the first thing out of my mouth. The emperor has foreseen this. I knew. I know exactly when I say no, what's going to happen. I know the evil plan that, that's germinating. But I just figured I would steal your thunder and kind of like get it all out there. Boom. I just said it all, but like in a cryptic kind of secret church planner decoder way. This is our special 100th episode, and uh, before we get into our topic, Peyton, why don't you tell them what our topic's going to be? So our topic today is what I have learned from a year into doing Church Planner Magazine, not what I've learned, what we have learned, and 
uh, 100 episodes of the Church Planner podcast. It's been quite a ride, man. I mean, we've, we've, uh, I mean, I, I don't want to embarrass you, but like Pete's crying on the podcast. <laughs> I have not cried he on the podcast. He made Pete cry. When did I yeah, cry? He did. I'm a stone. Okay, when we were interviewing, um, Nagme, or no, it was uh, Amanda, right? What are you talking about? You teared up, though. You teared up. You First were, of all, I didn't ter- interview Zabanda. You did. And that was in the magazine. That was a video. And I did not cry. I have not cried oh, on the hey, podcast. You can hide behind the camera all you want. I, I saw it. It's in my eye. The wind's blowing. I, I have admitted <laughs> to crying, but I have not cried on the podcast. I got you. I'm okay, a real no, man. No. I told you that that actually was a funny episode because remember, I was like, I was listening to, uh, I think it was Crazy Love by Francis Chan driving back from Las Vegas to Southern California. I was out there for, um, our MMA magazine and I was listening to the story and it was just like, <laughs> it rocked me and I'm like crying. And I'm like, man, should I pull over? And you're like, don't pull over there because it was right by where they have the world's largest thermometer, which is right next to a restaurant called Bun Boy. (laughs) And you're like, don't pull over there, man. nurse man that's a rectal thermometer stay far away from that thing it's dirty that's the world's <laughs> largest rectal thermometer it has been inside a bud boy but i think i i think maybe one other time i admitted to being uh, uh emotionally moved beyond uh, my control but I'm I'm not yeah, I'm not good one, way to put it. I'm not one, you know, um, to to really like sh- shed emotions like that. That's just not how I'm built, you know. I'm a no, man. It's like Eddie Murphy says, I'm I'm karate man, karate man. No bruise on the outside, bruise on the inside, so you can't see it. There's this uh, episode of Coach. I, I might have even brought this up on the podcast, but uh, this is a show from like the '80s called Coach, and Coach coached a um, college football team. And he was like the man's man, right? And his daughter marries or has a boyfriend. I don't know if they married um, this guy who's like really, really sensitive. <laughs> and so <laughs> they're having this conversation and the the um, son-in-law is like, you know, I just have this theory that men are 51% male and 49% female. And the coach just looks at him and goes, really? I always considered myself to be in the high 90s. <laughs> So I feel more like coach, right? I'm I'm not typically an emotional person. That's just not the way I'm wired. Now you, on the other hand, what I think is funny is after a year or a hundred episodes of doing the podcast, I have learned that you and I are so completely different. We are we are night and day, so night and day. (laughs) I'm better, but. Yeah, I mean, we're totally different. And I've learned to appreciate logos in a whole nother light. <laughs> yeah. Oklahoma. You know, Oklahoma. And to, me, <laughs> and to me, I have learned the value of ugly. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the episode of Inside Jokes. And everyone's going to be like, I don't know what they're talking about. I don't know what they're talking about. 
So anyway, what are what are some of the uh what are some of the things that you've learned from um from a year of doing all this? Well, besides you crying like a baby, I mean that was really <laughs> awesome to see. I was so glad I got that. No, I'm got teasing. To no, see. in all honesty though, that was to me that honestly though, that was one of the high points for me. Uh, <laughs> was, was what me crying? No, you didn't cry. You, I'm just pulling your leg. Obviously, I have touched a nerve here, right? No. I'm in the high 90s. I'm in the high 90s. No. Shut up. But, you know, the, the reality is, I think one of the high points for me was, um, you know, just honestly, like times where we have interviewed people where I think both of us have just been humble. Mm. And it's a holy thing. It really is a holy thing. I, I feel in those times we have um, talked with people who have lived through things. You just come away rocked. And you go you, you go back to get into your car or to go to eat, and you're just you're haunted by what these people have said and their love for Christ and what they've done. And, the, you know, they're talking about the power of the Holy Spirit. And those moments, to me, have made everything worth it, just to walk in. And, and part of it is to see you go through that, to to know that, you know, for, you know, I mean, I, I've enjoyed watching you, man. I mean, I know we always, like, joke about how, how unspiritual you are and stuff, but, um, yeah, man, that, that's, one of, that's one of the coolest things to me. And that, part of that's my pastor bone, is watching other people really, um, experience that stuff as well. But I mean, I think we've just experienced it. Gosh, I'm sounding all mushy now, but, but it has been a journey for you and I that we have kind of been on and we've interviewed people. I mean, uh, one of my favorite things as well, I'll never forget the, uh, remember the guy who, uh, the black guy who went down to KKK country mm, to church yeah. plant? You know, we never actually aired that episode in the magazine. That, that you know, probably, yeah, because we, we got him on the camera. Like, he was awesome off camera. Yeah. Then we got him behind the camera, and he got super nervous. Right, and he didn't want and to talk anymore. He just went straight, man. It was almost like he went from Bill Cosby or Eddie Murphy to, like, George Jefferson, like, immediately. You know, it was like a complete personality change. And, and I remember we were like, man, if we could have captured – what he had given us before that. And same with Zabanda. Remember uh, Saeed Abedini's sister? You know, we wrapped down the interview, and it was really good and everything. And she was talking about Saeed. And then I had a question, like, just off camera, like, so how do you guys evangelize? And she, and then I was like, Pete, you got to get this. And you turned the camera back on. And that, to me, was, like, the richest part, where she was talking about how the underground church meets, uh, what tactics they use, what they do for evangelism, how she loads guys up into a bus and they go into the neighboring town and they're all afraid. And she's like exhorting all these like big babies to be men. <laughs> yeah. And you see know? in that particular interview, um, you guys can find it in the magazine. I believe it's actually in like one of the very first issues. And it's probably the one that has a, uh, uh, just a couple of hands, and they're behind bars for the cover. And it's uh, Save Saeed, hashtag Save Saeed, I believe is the cover image uh, of the magazine, if you want to check out those uh, video interviews. Um, I believe it's in that uh, uh, issue. But, um, 
that we even had to edit because, uh, you know, her family is still in Iran and there are certain things that they, you know, it, it's wise for them not to say. And so we said, look here, why don't you, um, you know, check out the, the interview. It, in fact, because of that, it may not actually be in that, that issue because I do remember we took extra time and she needed to review it. We needed to edit out probably five to eight minutes of material yeah. that she's like, um, I, I, you know, in looking at this, I don't, I don't want this set. I, I don't, this, this could bring harm to my family. And, yeah. um, so I mean, I'm always actually, <laughs> I'm always afraid talking about her because I can't remember what we needed to cut out. <laughs> you know, I'm like, what was it that we needed to cut out? Cause we just remember being there and what we learned. And it was like, you know, I, I don't want to put things out there and, and, and get them in, in trouble. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it's kind of funny cause you know, it would, it would have been really cool. Like <laughs> if, if we had had like, you know, voices come in, like, kind of like, this is your life church planner podcast. And we have like, you know, Nagman, like Michael Cheshire, Cheshire, and you know some of the people come in. Like I remember talking to Peyton, beating back, you know, boom, 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 and that would have been just well, it would have been lame. But we needed know, to have Frank Viola with his, uh, um, you know, these are the best podcasters on the internet, aside from my <laughs> own. Hey, you know, we stopped. We haven't interviewed for a long time, but remember when we were asking people. <laughs> We're asking him to say a ridiculous thing. Hi, my name is Ed Stetzer, and I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> or the guys from Awana, and the, the one guy is like, and I don't shave my legs like Matt does. <laughs> <laughs> and that's sitting there going, I don't know what to say. Like, holy Florida. He just chucked him under the bus, and the other guy had no idea what to do. No, but, I, you know, it's funny because I've learned – that some people, uh, you get them on a microphone or a camera, they they might write really well, they might even preach really well, and then they get behind a microphone or a camera, and it's like they glaze over. And they're just, they're like cardboard. You're and like, Most relax. people I've learned want to have fun. And so the fact that we don't take anything seriously, they really like. And then there are some yeah. people who are always serious, like when you kept calling Philip Yancey Phil, and he's like, Philip. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't even well, remember okay, that, okay. that happened on the – because it was happening so much before, it like three times, he's like, it's Philip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, he kind of drew the line in the sand. And I and I remember saying, oh, oh, is that what you like to go by? And he's like, my friends call me Philip. <laughs> People who know me really well, and what was so funny, and I and I can't like probably one of my high points of the of the whole experience so far has been uh, we have Google Hangout uh, for those of you guys that don't know, and and so if we have a guest on, we'll do it on Google Hangout. We'll call out, they'll uh, come, you know we'll come into the call or what have you. But for some reason, I came into the call after Philip, and uh, noticed what I did right there. Did you see what I did? And uh, anyways, I ended up uh, coming into the call, and I I just pretended like, you know, I was either jumping. I, in my head, I was jumping into, like, a pool, you know, or, you know, pretending I was, like, you know, Starship Trooper and shoot aliens. And I, so I gave, like, my, my battle cry when I came in, and I just said, 
about suffering so yeah really really how much funny stuff can you say on that but um i you know one of the big takeaways that i got and yet you managed you managed to didn't you didn't you squeeze in suck it up buttercup in that one who knows i just remember reuben (laughs) attributing suck it up buttercup to philip yancey on his facebook post i'm like um pretty sure that was not philip yancey who said that one that's what happens when you listen to all the episodes within a two-week period. They all kind of blend together. <laughs> oh, you know, uh, another thing um, uh, that actually just happened, like, I think this last week or within the last two weeks, is someone tweeted that they were signing up with MoGiv because, oh, yeah. because you sang it. They're like, because you sang MoGiv, I'm signing up with MoGiv. Which, by the way, brings up uh, a good point. Um, you know, Peyton, I don't know if you've been waiting to get your church started with online giving, but um, let me ask you, have you been using PayPal as a cheap and easy placeholder? Oh, yeah! <laughs> well, stop it. A better solution is here. MoGive, spelled M-O-G-I-V, is an online... Okay, um, your sound Sorry. effects machine does not work well on the phone. <laughs> Let me just... It doesn't, does it? Did it work the first time? Well, I knew it was uh, Mean Gene going, oh, yeah, but... Um, doesn't work. Oh, dang, man. It's, All right. It really blows on the phone. you got to be on the Google right, Hangout for that to work. So. Never mind. Let me, go, let me go back to our official sponsor so they don't feel cheated. MoGiv, spelled M-O-G-I-V is an online and text-based giving platform built specifically for the needs of new and growing churches. Go to mogive.com slash church to learn more. That's mogive, spelled M-O-G-I-V. Aren't you supposed to go... I'm still mad about the sound machine. I'm still mad. Aren't you supposed to go... No, dude, I'm mad about the sound machine. On the 100th episode, my... This sucks, man. So here's what we got to do. 101st episode, we got to do kind of like the 101 Smurf dance. Or the 101st Airborne. Huh? Hmm? Huh? Oh, yeah. Hey, for jump school, indeed. Yeah. So anyway, um, what I was going to say is one of the, the big takeaways that I've got from the podcast, and it's ironic what you know you look back is, what are, what are your big takeaways? But one of the big ones is actually something that you and I learned when we uh, sat down with Rick Warren. We had dinner actually almost a year ago. Um, It'll be a year ago this next week. And um, he just started unloading like church planning nugget after church planning nugget. And 
one of the things that I really took away from from that conversation that we still have yet to implement at Refuge Long Beach, probably because I'm not on staff there, because if I'd been on staff, this would have been implemented. But um, the secret to getting people involved in your church, and for me, from a sales standpoint, it makes so much sense. So he, they made the, the conversion from a Wednesday night meeting, which they were having like two to 3,000 people show up for, to small groups, which has absolutely exploded the church. They have more people who meet during the week than come on the weekend. I mean, that's how much it's exploded. But the secret was the psychology of how they got everyone involved in this. Everyone from the people who are hosting the, the small groups to getting people to actually attend to getting people to get their friends and neighbors who were not saved to come to their small groups. And the key was they did not set it up the way that, for instance, we've got uh, Refuge Long Beach small group, which is, hey, we've got these cogs. They meet every week. What that does is that psychologically tells someone. Okay, well, it's going to meet forever, so I probably don't want to be a host because I'm going to be locked into this thing for the rest of my life. Um, and for a participant, they're going to be looking at that going, okay, well, I know they meet every week, so when I've got some time, I'll, I'll finally get around to going to one of these. So how Rick Warren overcame that was by making it a six-week program. So the psychology is, look, I just need someone who will open up their home for six weeks. Six weeks, one night a week, that's it. So, you know, really three hours, whatever it is, a night is all I need someone to open up. And the psychology is most people are going to look at that and go, oh, yeah, I could do that. I mean, it's only six weeks. And participants are looking at that going, oh, I don't have to commit for the rest of my life. And... It's a short time. It's only six weeks. So I might as well go ahead and start this thing this week. I'll, I'll go to a small group. And that's what caused yeah. it to explode. Now, now, if you didn't listen to that episode, they don't quit actually at the end of six weeks. What he does is they've actually got a, a system where I think it's like three weeks in or four weeks in. They call all the group leaders back into the church and they say, hey, you know what? We'd like to know how many of you would like to continue um, doing small groups because uh, we've got another program we want to take people through. and. Uh, you know, the first time they did it, uh, you know, they lost like a couple hundred people. You know, this is a 35,000 person church, right? So they, they had like a thousand yeah. small groups and they went down to 800. And, um, and now he's got the system down to where they pretty much don't lose anyone. And then at the right. end of that six weeks, then, you know, now you've got the people in your church who are like, Oh, this is cool. You know, I actually like this group. Now you can go to them and say, Hey, um, we're going to go ahead and start this other, you know, program. We're going to go through the gospel centered life or whatever it is. Why don't yeah. you guys just keep coming back? And the psychology with people, now they're committed. Now they're in. Now they've got buy-in. Yeah. And I, yeah. I loved that principle. And he also shared, I don't know if you remember this, Peyton, but he shared about a uh, church that had something like 20 people, brand new church plant, had 20 people. And the guy learned from Rick. And Rick said, you know, this is what you do. You just get people to volunteer who will host a small group for six weeks. And he had 15 out of his 20 people say, you know, we'll host a small group at our house. <laughs> so Rick's like, what'd you do? And he goes, what do you mean what did we do? We had 15 small groups. <laughs> and by the end of six weeks, their church had grown to 70 people. It's awesome. 
And I, I just – that was like one of the big takeaways. I, I still remember that. And I still think we ought to do that at our church. We ought to take the cogs. I think you ought to head that. You know what happens when you say that. I, that's awesome. I'm not on church staff, baby. That's This is you and Chris You Lamb's don't got to be on – okay, okay. Don't say that on the podcast. You don't got to be on church staff at all. No <laughs> well, way. I'm not. I'm just saying. No, we're our church, man. You could be anybody and do just about anything. I'm just saying that was one of my big takeaways was uh, I thought it was, it was great. It's brilliant from a psychology standpoint and yeah. in, in, in its practical application. I mean, you really, as much as people want to knock Rick Warren uh, and there's plenty of people who do dude does more for church planting and outreach than probably any other pastor in the country uh, today. Uh, yeah. I would, I would say in the world, I actually would say that Rick, I mean, sitting with him, you really got a glimpse into everything that dude does. And he wasn't sitting there bragging about it. He was just talking about, I'll I'll never forget him saying, you know, uh, there's a reason why you haven't heard from me in the last 10 years very much. Um, Other than, you know, little scandalous things where they totally misquote him with the Muslims and stuff. He he literally explained that. He's like, you know what? He goes, they totally twisted me. Like the media's, you know, particularly the papers, like, oh, they're going to twist a preacher and what he says. He goes, I didn't say that stuff. He goes, Jesus is the only way. He goes, I'll, I've said that boldly. And you hear him. You heard him boldly on, uh, who was the guy? Um, O'Reilly, I think it was. Was it O'Reilly or was it the other guy? The, uh, no, I think it was Piers, Piers Morgan. Yeah, that's right. It was Piers. And he was straight up, man, just straight up about just every hot potato, uh, hardcore, straight up gospel. But Rick goes, you know what I'm doing? He goes, I'm building relationship. He goes, where do you know where prominent Christian leaders are actually building relationship with Muslims? He goes, who's going to start that? Who's going to start building bridges so we can preach the gospel to them? He goes, that's that's what I'm doing. He goes, I'm I'm on the same level as far as where I'm at in the Christian world. That's where these guys are in the Muslim world. He goes, somebody needs to talk to them. Who's going to do that? And he was just so impressive. And, and he said, the reason you haven't heard from me in 10 years is he says – it's been our goal to go to every single country and plant churches there, every nation. Um, and he said, you know, I, I looked around and, and one day talked to my staff and said, can you guys research the mission agencies? See if anyone is reaching every single nation. Is every single nation getting uh, churches planted, missionaries sent to it? And Not just nation, but he wants out. to go to every tribe. He wants to go well, to that's, every that's people group. People group. Yeah. yeah, he started. He started with the Gateway Cities. That's another project he has: is Gateway Cities, where he goes to all the major metropolitan centers in the world, kind of like Paul did. If you study the New Testament, Paul, the, the places Paul goes to, like Corinth, Rome, all those, you know, those are um, Gateway Cities. And so Paul, Ephesus, these were the Gateway Cities, and Paul went there and, and focused his efforts there, knowing that the churches would be planted out of there. And so in, in Romans 15, where he says, look, you know, I completed the task, fulfilled my mission um, from Jerusalem to Elycrium. The, the gospel's gone out, and, uh, you know, I, I, I fulfilled my calling in that region. Well, he, he hadn't gone to every village, but he had started the process. And so yeah, it was just super impressive. I, I feel, Pete, like probably everything we've learned over the past year and the past hundred episodes – I would say that night sitting with him was it about three hours we sat with him? Yeah, close to so. it, yeah. two hours and forty-five minutes. 
And it, it I, actually, I think it was three and a half hours, wasn't it? I think it was three and a half hours, actually. It Probably was, uh, yeah. I, I remember I was mind blown. Like, I started taking notes while I was sitting there. I've never sat with someone in a conversation felt, I need to be taking notes right now. And when we were sitting there, I, I felt like what that guy kicked down in that amount of time was equivalent to everything we've learned. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. I totally do. And that's um, that's one of the reasons that I, I just look at so many uh, Christians who just rag on the guy. And I just I just shake my head. I'm like, you don't get it. You don't you don't know what the dude is doing. You're upset because he's got a mega church. I mean, and there's a whole band of of Christians that think that mega churches are somehow wrong and you know almost like they're sinful. Like, and and certainly there are some mega churches where it's more about you know the pastor than it is about Jesus. But I don't believe that necessarily when it comes to uh, Rick Warren. I mean, having met the guy. Uh, having heard from the guy, I don't believe that's where his heart is at all. I believe he would chop up his church and throw it away if it ever became about something other than Jesus. Yeah. You know, way back, you know, I was a, a pretty hyper-reformed dude back when uh, when Purpose Driven Church came out, and I was determined not to like it. And I remember reading um, the book, and I took a pen, you know, I had a four-color pen, green ink and red ink, and I, I was like, you know what, I'm going to, everything I agree with that's a really good point I take away, I'm going to put in green. Everything that's a really bad point, I'm going to put in red. And there were only a few uh, places in there uh, that I had marked red, like, oh, I disagree with this. And even now, going back, I've, I've looked at some of those things, and <clears throat> and I've looked at it and said, oh, well, you know, I, I, I kind of get what he's saying here, actually. But uh, but but almost all of it was green, and I I remember being so arrogant and cocky, and, you know, kind of uh, convinced that, that that I knew everything, and that I was going to, uh, you know, uh, I was going to have the the measure of all wisdom on on the subject. But um, it was it was just good, even even way back then, man. And and I was a tough critic, and I liked it. But yeah, you're right. You know, mega churches. You know, I, I write in Church Zero. Ka-ching! Had to do that on the 100th episode, right? Of course. Um, I, write, I write in it just to, to really point out that, um, you know, the, the abuse and the wrong goals and the wrong focus um, that many guys, when they go into ministry, they think that's what we're supposed to do is get full of, of a room full of people and, and get a big crowd. And it's led to a lot of problems in the body of Christ. However, first thing the Holy Spirit did on Pentecost was build a megachurch. Um, megachurches are biblical. They, uh, they are uh, mission powerhouses. Um, it's, it's, even Rick said this. I, I had heard it before, but it um, probably came from him, and someone probably, probably stole it. But he had uh, said, you know, you need elephants, you need tigers, and you need rabbits. You need elephants or, like, you know, powerhouses that can hold huge amounts of weight. You need tigers that are fast and uh, hunting machines, and they need rabbits to reproduce quickly. And he was like, that's the house movement. That's the church of 200 and under, which is the average size. We have more tigers than anything else. And he said, and ultimately you need uh, elephants. And those are fewer and farther between. But, but you know, I mentioned in Church Zero that he is actually one of my heroes. And same with my sending pastor. I just feel that there are guys who are focused on mission, and they... Uh, 
and make it look good. And you and you think, yeah, I mean, it may be one day I am a sending apostle, sending guys out, cranking them out, and that that will, uh, you know, if, I, if God ever calls me to that, gosh, man, I, that would be hard because it's not how I'm wired right now. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, the, the people who snub their nose at that just need to kind of read the scripture and look at Ephesus, look at. Um, you know, there's a lot of churches. Uh, Antioch. These were these were big churches. They were powerhouses. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the other things I think has been kind of a cool takeaway. I don't know that it's a, a learning thing, but it's it's been a cool takeaway. When we did the how to do an exorcism uh, podcast, which. You and I were both like, uh, we're not going to joke around on this one. We both didn't really want to do it, but it was like needed to be done. And it ranked up right up there with when the pedophile comes to your church. It was, it was, we wanted to do those about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and we had, you know, like a week later or two weeks later, um, one of the listeners emailed in and, you know, just said, Hey, by the way, guys, you know, I listened to that episode like two or three times and I'm glad that I did. Cause, um, you know, last Sunday we had, <laughs> we had a demon possessed person walk into our church <laughs> and, um, That's I, part of that was those, and I knew what to do. <laughs> yeah, I knew what to do. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and he's like, he's even in the emails like, Pete, I know you didn't want to talk about that. I know you didn't like that episode, but I'm glad that you guys did it. And I mean, it, it's That's just, been, it, it's cool because yeah. I look at who we attract with what we do. And I mean, we talked a little bit about this last week. There are lots of different church planning networks. There's church planning resources. There's church planning seminars and not all of them, but some of them, uh, one in particular who you and I refer to as our nemesis offline, and they're not really a nemesis. But they they have they have done some evil things. They have done some sure. evil things. There's no doubt, and we saw the pettiness this week. Even like <laughs> I don't I don't even know why they're threatened by us. Like I mean, they're literally Goliath, and we are literally the size of David compared to their Goliath. And it's just like, why are you guys even threatened by us? But they are right. But um, but you know, I I look at that and. We just we attract a certain type of of person, and where you and I have stood, and kind of what our philosophy is. I mean, we don't make any real money off this. In fact, we just finally, um, through our sponsors, finished paying off all the money that we had spent to um, build this thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, because yeah. doing the the magazine is not cheap. I mean, we've got an ongoing monthly expense for that um, to license all the software that we use all this podcasting crap that we've got sitting on our desks. I mean, we literally $685 microphone. It wasn't, arm. I mean, it wasn't, that's not what the number I was saying. It was not for that. Um, he got a new uh, microphone. I'm like, wow, it's on this big swivel. And he's like, yeah, man, I got tired of moving my mic around. And we were talking about something completely unrelated. And Pete goes 685. And I thought he was talking, I'm like, dude, that's an expensive microphone arm. We started, we, we thought that it, was wasn't, it wasn't the arm. It, was, it was something else completely. Yeah. But um, our, you know, we, we attract a certain type of person. And I, it's not that, you know, our people are better and, you know, oh, we got the good ones. 
it's like there are different types of people who are going to affect people differently. Um, yeah. And you and I have even said, you know, even our, our nemesis, they still do good work. Like, even though they're really yeah. petty and they've done some really evil stuff to us, they still do good work. And this whole yeah, thing absolutely. is about about reaching the lost. It's about spreading the gospel and letting people know about Jesus and that you know what we learned in Sunday school if they went to Sunday school is true and and it doesn't like to us it's not like our income is coming from this if it did we'd be broke i mean we literally haven't taken out personal money at all because we just finished gotten paying back all the expenses and there's still ongoing expenses um yeah. So it's not a money maker for us. It's just this is this is right now at this moment in time. This is what we're called to do, and yeah. we just happen I, to actually really important. like it. <laughs> like I think we like I the podcast more yeah. than anything. Yeah, but I, I I think that's important because I think because you are an entrepreneur, I think people might assume that you're doing this because this is what you do. But the reality is. This is ministry for you. When we first met, you're like, look, man, I'm good at making money. I can do that, but I need to do something for the king. I need to do something with purpose. And, uh, and that was, you know, that was kind of the start of it, I think, you know, and, uh, and that is your heart, man. Like it's very much ministry. What's been really cool to me, Pete, is to, to, and this has been a big takeaway for me is, you know, I have learned a lot about the mentality of church planners um, through talking to, uh, you know, to the guys that we've interacted with and some of the Facebook interaction, the, the Twitter, the emails, and we love getting those. So, guys, if, if you're listening and you're like, hey, I don't want to bug them, we love hearing from you guys, man. It's it's in, in one way, it just lets us know, like, you know, we look at our figures, and our figures are great on the podcast, but when we get those personal, like, what it's actually doing for you, we get to live vicariously through you, and we love that. So when those comments come through, it's great. But, you know, I, I think we always run the danger of, and you've mentioned this before, with businessmen you work with, and uh, when you're, you know, you've got a client, you, you say, you know, look, you think everyone else is like you. Mm. And what's been really helpful for me as a church planner is, like you said, like there's a certain kind of church planner, like a lot of, the church planning um, entities out there, they're speaking to what I would consider very white-collar church planners. And for us, I think we attract a lot of the guerrilla planners, the guys that are kind of like low to the ground and um, almost like ninjas, you know, they're, they're, they're dark and, and, and a little bit dirty and, you know, they're, they're, they're rough around the edges. Those guys relate, I think, to our podcast because of what we're talking about. We're not talking big money. We're not talking... Uh, you know, we're talking literally just reaching the unreached. And I think that's, um, those are the people that, that we're, we're attracting. Whereas a lot of our, um, <clears throat> I mean, like you, you say the nemesis and they're definitely not our, like I, I love and appreciate what they do. Like you said, and when they get, when they do things, it's been disappointing, but I've been in ministry long enough to see that people get territorial over stuff. And it's kind of like how Paul, when he goes, you know, some preach Christ out of selfish ambition and envy, and others do it for the true motive. But he goes, but nonetheless, praise God, Christ is preached. And so when I see that stuff, sometimes it, you know, it gets me discouraged because I, I remember thinking at one point, oh man, church planning would be like total haven. 
like established church guys, they play those games. But church planners, it's all about kingdom. And it's all about, you know, reaching the lost. And for the most part, it is. Like, I'm just thinking, like, um, Dave Ferguson has been just a stand-up dude. Um, you know, Soma with Jeff Vandersell. Those guys are awesome, man. I, I There's just guys you feel like these guys are kingdom-minded, you know. And, uh, and, and so it's, it's really cool. You come away a lot of times, but yeah, it has shown me, but, but even more so than that, our church planners, when, you know, they're not all like me. Um, a lot of them are, it, it's just been cool to see the differences, even though we attract a certain kind of person, to see the different kinds of people that come through, the different struggles they have. You, you have a guy like Doug Teal. We've mentioned him before. That, a veteran in ministry, that dude's humble as all get out yeah. and just comes to us and says, hey, man, you know, like, this, this is the story of my community. And just to, like, when these guys come and talk to you, you just feel like, dude, like, I was blessed just to hear your heart, like, your heart for your community. Like, I feel, again, it's that, that sense of I have stepped into something sacred. I have stepped into what the Holy Spirit is doing in a different part of the world, and it's been awesome. And I, it, it, This is a long way around to get to the point. What I was actually going to say when I started that big uh, <laughs> kind of diatribe was um, I've been really amazed at how many of our church planners have asked you and mentioned, in, in the, oh, and by the way, Pete, if you could, you know, they, they want you to train and to teach them how to uh, uh, kind of strike out on their own as entrepreneurs, as businessmen, as, you know, startup guys. And I have loved watching that because I was never that dude. I was always like, well, you know, I had a degree in this or I had this professional. I never needed to do that. And so to watch all these guys who were like, hey, I don't want to work at Lowe's or Home Depot. I, you know, I love to do this. And they've they've heard you say, well, these would be the optimal types of jobs to maximize your, your your money, your income, and to maximize the time you have to spend on church planning. And I, I think when we're looking at jump school, right, like jump school's been awesome. I'm proud of jump school, man. But as we're looking, like we're, we're looking down the year, I'm thinking there's going to be a month coming where we're going to hit on the Bible stuff and we need to, to incorporate some of what you got hitting away up there because our guys are really hungry for that. And that was a big takeaway for me. I would never have thought that. I yeah. would have thought they're like, man, give me a stable job because I got enough risk and enough, you know, stuff going on in my church plant. But no, these guys are hungry. They're like, come on, Pete, show me, show me the money. Well, you know, it's funny because, um, <clears throat> this last, uh, two weeks I've been talking with a, a buddy of mine and, um, this guy I, I can't even believe I can consider him a friend because he reached out to me. He found out about some of the stuff I was doing and uh, reached out to me and just called me up one day, and we started talking. And I had not at that point heard of him. Um, I didn't know who he was. I mean, he's he's uh, much older than me. He's been married 42 years. I mean, I'll tell you right there, he's he's a lot older I than me. I thought you would say 42 times. No, no. Um, he, he, he actually has 42 wives, but that's that's another story. Um, it wasn't consecutive 42 <laughs> he's, he's years. He's bearing as much as Rick Warner's church planning every year. But um, So I, I did some research on him after he called me, because when he called me, I was like, is this guy for real, or is he just like, you know, 
you know what it is. It's just like, you know, the pastor's like, oh, I got a church of a thousand people and, you know, I've been doing this for, and you're like, I don't know if this is legit. And I looked him up and I'm like, oh my gosh, dude, this guy is like huge. Um, and, and, you know, just he, 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 his sandbox is a little different than my sandbox, which is why I hadn't heard of him before. And anyway, over the last couple of weeks, he and I have been talking a lot more because we're, we're working on a project together. And I really, in talking with him, I'm like, you know what? This is stuff I got to take back to our church planners because I've got a way here that I can show these church planners. Here's how you can make a decent level of income and not zap your time while at the same time reaching the community. Yeah. And it's something that I believe literally anybody could do. Um, who, yeah. who's got some sort of expertise in something. And, uh, and yeah. so, you know, maybe on that month on jump school, we'll talk about it. Maybe we'll do a podcast episode just specifically on it. Cause I really do see it as something that could help out a lot of, uh, of church planners. It's actually a combination of, of two different things, something that he does and something that I do. And, and we're kind of blending this thing together. So. That sounds awesome, man. Now you piqued my curiosity because we haven't talked about this. No, but I've pretty much given up on you. you you're, you're never going to make any money. You're, uh, you're, you're <laughs> it's just not going to happen. But you're, but oh, you're going to always have a great looking logo, and and really, oh yeah, that's what matters. <laughs> One day it will pay off. One day it will bring in just tons bags of cash, man, bags of cash. <laughs> And, hey, that's a sexy logo. I want to throw some money at it. And my stuff's always going to look ugly. So, you know, whatever. And Yeah, ugly sells, baby. You know, keep keep applying what I taught you. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I, you know, what are, what are some other things that you've, uh, you've picked up on over the last hundred episodes? What's something else that's really, like, stuck out to you? Yeah. Um, what have you enjoyed doing the most? Maybe that's a better question for you. Has it been the interviews or has it been just like laying down all your your experiences and, and wrapping that up no. and delivering that? No, I mean, no. My absolute favorite thing in the whole journey has been um, meeting with people and dealing with their situation, speaking into their church plan. I mean, it, it's like coaching. It's like mentoring, right? But that's my favorite. My favorite is hearing what they're doing. And, you know, when, when a guy, like, because we, we will, I'll get a guy email through to the site, through New Breed or something, you know, they figure that's how I'll get a hold of a patron. They might email the magazine. It goes to, to both of us. And um, it just, uh, that's the stuff I love, man, is when, when I start talking to these guys, usually it ends up being a phone call. And, I mean, you only have so much time, so you can't do it all the time, but um, but just hearing these guys, man, like our hearing our audience, hearing our listeners, because uh, my hope, and the, this is kind of what Jump School to me is becoming, is it's becoming very much kind of like listening to the podcast, but taking it to the next level where it's a community. It's like a, an interactive community, like a band of brothers of guys who are doing this, sharing the wisdom, sharing the experience, um, being very accessible, um, I start to care for these dudes and I just, I don't know, man, it, it is like being a soldier together and that's my favorite part. And when a guy comes away and he knows what to do, he knows that he's been stuck and he, he's been racking his brain and maybe, maybe he's a planner, but 
his strongest gift is maybe shepherding. You know, it's not evangelism. Um, you know, and, and that's just how God's wired him. Um, but I, I just love it, man. I love being able to impact guys. I, I think, you know, for me, I, I started this whole thing. I remember when I first church planted, um, I would call people up and I would ask them, like, there was only one other guy who had planted, um, in the, in the, you know, within like, literally within like a 20, 30 year, um, period in Wales. And I would call him up. Actually, there were two guys. One of the guys was a guy that I helped, uh, start up this church of plan out of Lloyd Jones's. And I come in and speak there once a month. Um, and, you know, I was kind of like their evangelistic help. Uh, but then there was another guy who would start up and he, he wasn't really the kind of guy to plan a church, but I had all these stupid questions. It'd be things like, so, where do you guys buy your coffee? Um, do you buy coffee in bulk? You know, do you serve coffee? Um, how do you do your finances? Like, and I would call up and literally each phone call would have like 20, 30 questions and I would keep apologizing. And recently I was talking with a church planner who was doing that same thing to me and he started apologizing. I laughed and I said, do you know how I got into doing what I'm doing now? Once I planted and I helped my buddy die hanky plant, it was kind of like I, uh, he and I were talking one day and we're like, that was hard, man. It was really, really hard. Like, and, and we both agreed. Why don't we, because we both, you know, had, we were both mentoring guys in ministry and we were kind of on circuits where we were preaching to young people, college students. And we're like, why don't we start a movement of training guys to reach whales and why don't we take the hard, like we can't take the the stuff that's really hard out of it, but we can take the stupid hard stuff out of it. You know what I mean? Like all the, the mystery and the mystique. And so in a weird way, um, for me that, that has continued on, I guess. Um, we, we started doing that, um, I planted my first church in 2005. It's been almost 10 years. Um, helped that other church plant back in 2001, 2002. And so it's it's been, I don't know, man. It's been like eight years of that, you know, just helping other guys. Mm. And I still love that. That's my favorite part. And so when we do Band of Brothers in Jump School, I, I just have to say I'm almost still on a high from that. that was that's, just so that's the monthly call. Great where everyone gets to call in and ask their questions and um, things like that for people who don't know what Band of Brothers is. Yeah, and it lasts a few hours. What about you, man? What, what's been your favorite thing so far? Um, the favorite thing so far for me has actually been our trips to islands where we uh, – <laughs> oh, I forgot about that. You're right. Indeed. <laughs> where we do our debriefs. And uh, I, actually, one of the funniest stories <laughs> – that I don't even think we shared this on the podcast, but there's an island by um, right across the street from our, our sending church. Yeah. And we've gone there a couple of times, and it just so <laughs> happens that the bartender is like the son-in-law of, uh, of a, a church planner in like Fountain Valley or something. And he's yeah, actually yeah, written in the wrote, magazine. Um, yeah, he, uh, he wrote a book, uh, Carl, Carl, uh, is it Vader's or Vader's? Yeah, he wrote, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. The Grasshopper Man. 
Right, right. And he, he, so, you know, the father-in-law has actually been in our magazine. Well, his, his son-in-law is the bartender at this, this island. So he recognizes us when we go in there and, and sit down to have a glass of water at the bar. Yes. Just water. Carbon. Yes. And uh, the funny thing to me was when we took Barry with us, who's from Wales, and Barry got carded. <laughs> and remember, he wouldn't. He goes, I can't take an out-of-country ID. I can't serve you. And he's like, and Barry's like, are, are you serious? I can't even do his accent. Are you serious? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm sorry, man. He's like, well, give me a Coke then. <laughs> Barry couldn't yep. get his beer. I thought it was pretty funny. Well, no, I remember saying to him, because uh, I think I had, I had gotten a pint, and, uh, he, and he goes, no, no, I'm serious. And I go, I'll have two then. Yeah. <laughs> and the guy just looked at me like, I ain't falling for those in my tailpipe. <laughs> oh, my gosh, dude. Oh, that was great. I also remember um, <laughs> we were... <laughs> we were at a pastors conference. I think this was this was probably last year because I was like, all right, I am just I'm not driving back. I'm renting a hotel room and I'm staying out there because it's it was in Marietta, and I mean that's a pretty good drive from my house. I mean it's like an hour and a half, yeah. two hour drive, something like that. And I was like, I'm I'm not doing that. I'm I'm not coming back out here every day and doing this long drive. So we were doing video interviews. And so we had all this camera equipment with us, and we walk into the hotel, and you're just like, I am no. not going up to your room with all this camera equipment. It's going to look like we're going up there to do some gay porn or something. <laughs> and like, So I had to track all this crap up to the room and drop it off because you're like, I'm not going up there with you. It's not happening. I'm not walking in the elevator with you, man, with filming equipment in this seedy little hotel, man. It's not happening. <laughs> Oh my gosh, man! But uh, there have been You're so on your many. Own. I'll be an island. There, there was an island there too. So. Well, yeah, because that's where we went. We were dropping everything off so we could go to islands. Yeah, you know what I've learned about you though is I cannot like because you know I'll travel. You can't down. take me to the I'll... sun. <laughs> you learned I, that. I no, no, but I can't take you to islands first. Like islands <laughs> has to be the carrot that dangles after we get the work done. <laughs> Otherwise, I, I'm like, hey, I'll come down. We'll, you know, we'll record this. We'll do that. And then if 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 it falls into a place where it's like, hey, it's time to, uh, you know, um, you know, eat or something. I'm like, hey, let's go down. We never make it back. Work never happens. And then and then we're like, well, you know, in the car we're like, well, we could do the podcast at Islands, right? We even will sometimes go so far as to take the equipment. Never happened. How many never. times have we said that? We could do the podcast at Islands, and we've never done it. Islands is the Church Planner Podcast graveyard. It's where our podcasts go to die. <laughs> yeah, so for me, I think the biggest, uh, my biggest takeaways have been the people we've interviewed and and everything that like is behind the scenes has been the coolest thing for me. The people that we've met, you know, dinner with Rick Warren, um, even that, uh, that interview we did with Michael Cheshire, um, was really cool because that whole night we like went to dinner with a whole bunch of, uh, church planners and, um, and pastors. Uh, we went to, I think it was BJ's for that, wasn't it? Um, no, it was, um, Yard House. Yard House. Yeah. Yeah. 
And I thought the funniest part <laughs> was, you know, everyone's getting their their beer, except for, you know, the guys that didn't drink. They're having their water. And um, we didn't know it, but someone had already paid the bill for, like, this whole table with all this food, all this beer. Who knows what that bill was? I mean, it had to have been easily over a thousand, maybe fifteen hundred bucks, right? And afterwards, we're like, "Oh, someone else already paid for it. I would have had another beer." <laughs> you said that? Yeah, I'm like, dude, I was, <laughs> I was just having one because you know I don't want to like. The only thing I hate about drinking uh, beer out at a restaurant is it's so stinking expensive. Hey, I think we influenced the name of his podcast because uh, we came up with, like, he was a pretty macho dude, and so we were talking about his machismo, and you and I started calling it the Cheshmo, you know, the Cheshmo factor and stuff like that. And uh, he's now, it, it's called the Cheshbo's podcast. Yeah. But you know what's funny what was his sense of humor. I remember that night, like, he's big. Like, you don't realize what a massive dude. He's tall. And he's also, you know, he's got a lot of weight on him, but but he's a he's just all around a big dude. And um, it was really funny because I'm standing up at the uh, the counter, you know, uh, where they check in, and I guess they call that the hostess. Um, and you know, I, I think I was saying like, hey, you know, party of this or whatever, and help them figure out how many people we got. And I feel someone like, you know, like when people bump into you, but like it's a little bit stronger. <laughs> And the dude is like, it's Mike, and he's behind me, and he's literally using all of his body weight to, like, crush me into the counter. But he's not saying anything, he's not doing anything, and I'm, like, totally getting crushed, because I'm, like, all but, you know, 170 pounds, man, and five foot seven. so it was pretty funny, so I just started laughing, and he's like, oh, oh, excuse me, but, dude, that dude was putting some serious strength, man, I thought I was going to pop. Was he, was he but, doing that on uh, purpose? Was it like a joke? Or he was absolutely really? doing it on purpose, dude. Because it was, you know, he, it was his stomach was what was pushing me. <laughs> you know, he's he's got a little bit of belly, and it was it was definitely it was pushing me, and uh, it was pretty funny, man. It was, it, I, I've never had that experience before, but I got to say it was it was pretty. I'm not saying I want it again. <laughs> mind, you, you, you really don't want some guys coming up behind you and just pushing into you. <laughs> Okay. Mm-mm-mm. No. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but it was, uh, it, it's been a fun ride, man. It is absolutely, it's been funny to see the people that get offended by us and switch us off. It's been funny to see, uh, like the, the inside jokes have started circulating. I still see hashtags. I agree with Pete. We got one from someone the other day. I agree with Pete. I still get and, the, uh, uh Mi Dragon is muy rapido. Yeah, yeah, we get, um, oh shoot, what was one of the, there's another really popular one that we get. Uh, oh, um, Unclean Till the Evening. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I actually mentioned that in my sermon on Sunday. And I, you know, I was, that, that could mean many things. Many things could make you unclean till evening, mixing yeah. two different types of fabric together. I'm just, you know, I'm just saying. But, uh, he got a little excited when in my sermon I mentioned, you know, no more being unclean till the evening. Talk about the Old Testament, but uh, funny enough, a funny story really quickly at Refuge Long Beach. We uh, on Sunday, I was preaching and uh, I was on a roll, man. I was going. I felt the power of the Holy Spirit. I was, I was, I was going, and um, I guess he had the volume turned up a little bit too high. And we're oh outside. yeah, yeah. And uh, of course, a few weeks ago, you know, maybe about six weeks ago now, 
the uh, the dude who had been writing us, you know, nasty letters about our sound volume, uh, you know, he, he had gotten saved on the other side of the wall, or, or you know, whether he was saved before and just, I don't know, it didn't seem like he really understood the gospel when 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 we were talking to him, but he, uh, you know, he he was like all in. I'm here. I'm a, I'm gonna follow Jesus. Boom, boom, boom. And so this guy uh, made this comment. You know, uh, over the wall, he yelled, it's, it's a different dude now. Um, and he's like, you're too loud, you're too loud. And someone goes, he's next. <laughs> oh, did they? I didn't hear them I say that. I dig that. Yeah, I totally dig that. Yeah, I couldn't I, I couldn't tell if uh, they had turned down your mic after that or not. Like, I was like, did they even adjust the volume? Yeah, they did. They did, but... Uh, yeah, it's time for us to move, man. We actually got banned, so we can't be outside anymore. We've been not kicked out of our building. We have been kicked into our building. Oh, really? And I didn't know that. time for us to move. Yeah, I just got a letter yesterday. So, uh, you know, you're hearing it here. But, uh, yeah, so we got kicked into our building. So it's time for us to move, but we knew that anyways. We could kind of feel that the Lord is moving us on. So. Wow. But, uh, yeah, man, it's it's been an incredible uh, time so far, and uh, it's just a beginning, man. I've, I've just we want to start ramping it up to doing some conferences. And, um, there's all kinds of stuff. But not have. like not like the conferences they can already go to, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. I was actually thinking about this this morning. You know, there's there's one that's going on in uh, Las Vegas here uh, pretty soon that really looks cool. And, and what you and I both liked about it, because you'd sent it to me, um, one, it was cheap, which they get church planners, right? Make it cheap. Um, don't, yeah. don't break the bank on them. But what I also really dug about it was they limited it. They're like, look, we're only going to have, I think it was like 100 people at it. And yeah. I dig that because they're not trying to be the next, you know, big, huge shebang, you know, the next catalyst, the next exponential, the next uh, uh, centralized. Not that there's anything wrong with any of those, but there's already those. And so what I really dug is, you know, if you're going to do a conference for church planners and you're going to take them away from their family and their church and their jobs for two, three days, whatever it takes with travel, you know, I don't want to just see them get, 15 different uh, speakers for an hour each session, you know, and it's like we're bringing in the big gun so everyone wants to come. I say give them deep. Don't just be shallow because you can only do so much in an hour's worth of time. And if you got, you know, all these speakers and all they're going to be up there for is an hour, hour and a half, it's not going to go deep enough. And if you're going to take them away from everything, go really deep. Get them really good. At you know whatever that core is for that, so that way when they leave that two days, yeah. it's not just they're on an emotional high. It's like they're on the emotional high, but they now have the knowledge to go deep and they can do something. Yeah, and unfortunately, the way it, it works, I mean, a lot of people don't know how conferences work, but um, often the speakers are asked not because they're experts on that subject or they have anything of value. They're, they're brought in because they're a draw to a crowd. So you can you can find church planning conferences where the speakers aren't really church planners, and it can be a church planning conference. And just keep an eye on that because – and the other sad thing is it what, what often happens with conferences 
is speakers, when you see the one where they're like got a hundred speakers there, what they're actually doing is they're kind of using the speakers to, you know, uh, broadcast to their following. So they might be having them tweet out or social media or talking to their tribe so that they can get a huge crowd. And so unfortunately the money making thing that, that comes into, it seems, you know, could basically changing the temple into a, into a den of thieves is it's, it's, it's found everywhere, man. And I can tell because I'm, I'm but it's, it's be careful here in, in saying this. Cause it's not like, I think that that's necessarily wrong. Yeah. So that they yeah, and if you have a, and that they tweet out. Yeah. I, no, no, that's what I was just going to say. Absolutely. Having a hundred speakers can be awesome if you're doing it for the right reason. And that's what I was going to say is, is, I've seen conferences where they have tons of speakers. I'm like, that's awesome. That's a great lineup. And you get to choose, and that's cool. But I can tell. I can tell the difference when I get asked to speak and somebody's using me versus when I'm going to a conference and someone's like, hey, you have something valuable to say on this. Um, boom, boom, boom. And there is a difference. And I've, I've been asked by both, and I've spoken to both. And there is a total difference. Right, right. Yeah. Well, cool. Well, hey, look, just in uh, wrapping it up, if you haven't already uh, listened to the episode last week where we talked about uh, we've got the Master Church Planner Library that we're giving away, um, you want to go to churchplanterlibrary.com. It's churchplanterlibrary.com. And get registered. And uh, at the end of the month, we are uh, doing a... uh, drawing and we've got 25 winners one is going to be the overall winner is going to get 27 real physical books shipped directly to them anywhere in the world um, provided customs will let us so i don't know if you're in china and uh i don't don't know if we can get 27 church planning books into china (laughs) we might have to send 27 people who smuggle in one book each to get them to you but uh as long as we can get it through customs, you're going to get those books. And um, I, hey, man, I'm still pulling for the 50 little people dressed as ninjas to hop out of a, an RV. Now that would just be. Do you think you get a we discount get on flight tickets if everyone was a, a little person? You know, because they're smaller and dressed like a ninja. Well, what else would you dress back. as? I don't think they get through TSA dressed like ninjas. Dude, if I were a little person, every time I think I would go on an airplane flight, I would dress like a ninja. That would be awesome. That really would be. Could you just imagine you go, you sit in your seat, and you just slowly turn and look at the person next to you <laughs> with your mask Here's on? Here's the deal. If, if we do a conference, can, can we agree, Pete, that we would, we would hire someone to dress like a ninja? We'd have at least one. There's no doubt. Because Brandon Brooks, Brandon Brooks got. Remember Brandon Brooks got his buddy to uh, put on a ninja mask and do like some karate moves, and then he goes, Peyton, yeah. do I have that job? Yeah, he had the whole outfit on. He uh, he works in Hollywood, and uh, one of his friends there's a little person. He, he got him to dress up in a ninja costume and film it. Yeah, like jump around and stuff. It was it was. You know, we didn't mention that was kind of one of the high points of, of doing this. And that, See, that's, that's how we know that Brandon Brooks actually still listens because every once in a while he'll post stuff on Facebook and tag us in it. It's like about the <laughs> podcast that we just talked about. Like, I think he found the Underoos picture and um, and he did the uh, he just this last week, he did a picture with Chuck Norris in a, a cartoon. And he goes, another thing, tell Pete to stop giving out my email address. 
Because <laughs> that was from one of the episodes. Gmail where I go, at ChuckNorris.com. Yeah, Gmail at ChuckNorris.com. That's that's uh, Chuck Norris's email. Yeah, you know what, man? There's been so much. Like, how do you possibly, uh, you know, pop it on? If you guys have been listening, you've got your one where you're going like, hey, you know, you guys, you didn't mention my favorite thing, or you guys, you know, this was a highlight for me. Share those, man. You know, pop them on our Facebook site. Um, email Church Planner Magazine or text in. What's that number? Or call the yeah, call the message line five six two five five three zero 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 four, and uh, just leave a message. It's a voice. Wait one more time. You got to sing it this time. Well, you know, I right now if they're driving in their car, it should be on their dash because I, I title it in the episode title, so that way people who drive in their car and listen will see the phone number. It's five six two five five three zero 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 four. And just, just you. so you know, when uh, Pete and I first appeared on the Google Hangout today, Pete was in the middle of singing GI Joe, Real American Hero. <laughs> I was uh, Pete does have his moments where he busts loose, and you know I think I'm having a corrupting influence on. Well, him. notice it's not praise music. That's all I'm saying. Fighting Cobra and Destro. <laughs> do, you, do you remember our Pope songs earlier this week? Oh, He's super yeah. popey. Down, 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 down. Super Pope. Super Pope. He's super, oh, Jonathan Nichols gets a, a, an honorable mention. He went to the Vatican. Oh. And uh, he, he while he was in the Vatican, he wrote a quote from Church Zero. Uh, Chiching In the uh, Vatican guest book, which had to do with... Um, uh, silver and gold I do not have. You know, there's a story I tell about a, a, a monk, a, a Franciscan monk who visits the Vatican, and he popped that in the uh, thing. And then he bought me a Super Francesco um, picture of the Pope flying around Rome, like Superman, which I, I mean, come on. I thought you, you know? were going to say uh, that he, he wrote a quote, like, on the bathroom wall in the Vatican. <laughs> that was from Church Zero. That would have been that better. Odd. Do you remember when we were at uh, one of the church planning conferences and somebody had, um, they had stuck cards on the urinals. Uh, do you remember that? They'd stuck cards on the urinals and it looked like, you know, splashed water and yeah. it was advertising something. And at, wasn't at it like um, um, the person who ran the conference, like collected them all and was like, do you want to give yeah. us $5,000 for advertising here or come get your cards? Yep. Yep, I actually, I actually got. I think didn't we get blamed for that? No, we didn't we get blamed, blamed for that because no, we got blamed for another time when we did it. <laughs> when we did it, and, but at another the, conference. And the flying dolphin, remember the flying motorized dolphin yes. that came sailing around the oh, uh, that was the conference room, which eventually died a horrible death at the ceiling when uh, we didn't turn the engine. How about when dolphin. that one conference was like, we don't let people do interviews at our conference. We're like, this isn't your church. You're just using this facility, and we're going to do some interviews here. They, they were really upset when they found out, oh, you mean you talk to the church, and they're going to let you use one of the offices? Oh. You mean you talk to the pastor's offices, and they gave you permission? <laughs> oh, man, they were so, so upset. We're not going there. We're not going there. Yeah. Happy thoughts. Happy thoughts so we can fly Doesn't out. It doesn't matter to me, man. I just say whatever, dude. I, the, the way I look at it is, it's all in God's hands. Like literally, I'm not like trying to be like talking smack, but it's like, look, if God wants us to do something, there's no way you can stop it from happening. And yeah. if God doesn't that want it to happen, way, you would have made an. It's you not gonna made happen. An awesome rabbi Pete. Rabbi Pete. I would have made an awesome what? Rabbi.
Nice. That's what Gamaliel said. I'm just saying, I, I, I literally, I don't worry about any of it. One, we don't get our income from this. Um, two, it, some, as long as I get the money out of the podcast. Well, you said you said something to me one time that has stuck with me, and I don't think you said it on the podcast. But you said God is either in something a hundred percent or zero percent. It's one or the other. Yeah. It's not like yeah. oh, well, God's in this thirty percent of the way, <laughs> you know. And that just kind of hits me every time I think about it. I'm like, God's either in a hundred percent or zero. If he's in for a hundred, you're not stopping anything. If he's not That's in it, it, it's not going to happen. So you know, it's a hundred hey, or zero. Same for your church plant too, man. Same for a church plant. But you know, um, guys, it has been awesome sharing this past year um, with you. The past hundred episodes with you, and I want to thank you guys for uh, listening, for being a part of the journey. The tribe will grow. Some of you will go deeper with Jump School. Um, others of you, uh, man, just just keep tracking with us. We're digging on every bit of it. And uh, it's been humbling. It's been honoring that you guys have come with us this far. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we're sorry. <laughs> go back and <laughs> listen to like, another episode. Which, oh, but fast forward past the first 10 or 15 minutes because we just screw around like this the whole time. But, hey, for the 100th episode, we're, you know, what else was it going to be, right? That's right, because our 50th episode literally had zero to do with church planning. Which what is why I, we were just happy it was our 50th episode. I titled it, <laughs> I titled it the one about our 50th episode. Oh, it's great. Oh, that's great. Well, this is probably the one about our 100th episode. I like that. I think it will be. It's a tradition now. It's done. All right. Well, hey, this has been the Church Planner Podcast reminding you that if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Mm-hmm.